Congress may be focused on tax reform, but it's a different topic making headlines in Washington. Allegations of sexual harassment and abuse, the important conversation it's prompting, and how Indiana's elected officials are reacting this week. What will the Alabama Senate race mean here in Indiana? We'll hear from Senator Joe Donnelly, Congressman Luke Messer and Todd Rokita, and former state rep Mike Braun. Plus, will Sunday alcohol sales become a reality, or will it again go down in defeat? It's all ahead this Sunday in Focus. Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana. This is In Focus with Dan Spieler. Good morning, I'm Dan Spieler. What a week in Washington. The House passed a tax reform bill, but its fate in the Senate seems uncertain. And here in Indiana, it's another back and forth in the race for Senate, with the candidates attacking each other and dealing with two big scandals in D.C. Alabama Senate candidate Roy Moore not backing down, even with more accusations of sexual harassment in his past. But he's not the only politician in the news this week. Minnesota Senator Al Franken apologizing after a California radio host came forward saying Franken made unwanted advances when they were on a USO tour in 2006. And that he also posed for this picture, appearing to grope her while she was sleeping. In the wake of this scandal, Senator Joe Donnelly gave to charity some of the money Franken had contributed to his campaign after being called out by Congressman Luke Messer and Todd Rokita, who, of course, are running for Donnelly's seat in the Senate. Messer and Rokita were criticized by Democrats for not immediately calling for Roy Moore to drop out. Rokita and Messer also attacking each other this week with a new report from the Associated Press highlighting Messer's residency in Virginia. Look, um, I was raised in a single parent family and I didn't have a father at home. So I know firsthand that my kids need a full time father. That's why we stay together um, and and uh, and serve our state while while looking out for our family, too. You know, when I was first elected to Congress, Mike Pence counseled me that the best way to serve our state and nation and protect my family was for us to be together. And I, I'm glad that we have. Well, I'll tell you what, there's going to be a clear choice uh, for, for, for Hoosier Republicans uh, this spring and, and Hoosiers generally. You know, I'll tell you, I live in Indiana with my family. We live in Brownsburg. You see me in church. You see me in Indiana. You see me at the grocery store in Indiana. You see me on my boys' baseball field, Diamond, in Indiana. And, uh, you know, I fight for those ideas that, are, that, that Hoosiers want. That is some of the criticism, too, especially coming from Congressman Rokita, is that you're never here in Indiana, your response to, to that accusation. Well, I mean, that's simply not not true. Um, I have a home in Indiana. It's a home that I purchased with my mother 17 years ago. It's actually the first home that either of us ever owned. Um, and that's where I stay when I'm back in the state. Any new position or thoughts on, on the Roy Moore situation? Listen, um, I, I agree with Mike Pence. If these allegations are true, they would disqualify anybody. Based on the facts as I understand them, uh, Roy Moore should step down. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that will happen. So today you are now saying you believe you, you would like him to step down? Sure. I also asked Todd Rokita if Roy Moore should step aside. He told me Thursday, quote, the voters deserve a clear choice. And because it's so clouded and muddy now, I'm wondering whether they'll have that clear choice. So to the extent that they're not, yeah, we should make sure they do have that choice and have candidates who are able to present their ideas and not be distracted by the rest of it. End quote. A campaign official confirming that Rokita does want to see Moore step aside, quote, for the sake 
of the voters. Here in Indiana, there are six GOP candidates in the Senate primary next year. And while Messer and Rokita are the most well-known, a third candidate has been raising eyebrows in recent weeks. And I spoke with him on the record. I'm here now with former state rep Mike Braun, candidate for U.S. Senate. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're, you're welcome. You've kind of shaken things up here in this race in recent weeks after a lot of back and forth between Congressman Messer and Congressman Rokita. You're first on the air with a new TV ad, putting up a, a lot of your own money as well to start out. Is this a race you can win, and how intense a primary battle are you expecting? I think it will be intense, and... Uh, I did a lot of homework before I got to this point. So from uh, probably mid-May through most of July, I traveled around the state and called most of my colleagues in the House and many in the Senate and wanted to make sure that there was support there and that this wasn't going to be a fool's errand and I knew it was going to be an expensive primary. So uh, by the time I got to late July, uh, I think there was really an appetite for somebody that could really say that he's an outsider, not a career politician. I think both Luke Messer and Todd Rokita come from that pathway to where they're going to have to defend. They've been part of the system. They have to accept responsibility for nothing happening in D.C., not trying to promote themselves to a higher position. I've got to ask you about the big story in the news this week, obviously involving another candidate for the yeah. Senate in Alabama, Roy Moore. Do you feel he should drop out of this race? Would you be comfortable serving with him in the Senate if you're both elected? I think with everything that's come out, uh, I think it's probably time for him to move on. Um, uh, basically as simple as that. Uh, at first I thought it might have been calculated in a political way, and it could be. Uh, just simply put, I think it's probably time for him to maybe do something else. Uh, obviously he has uh, had the support of, of Steve Bannon as a candidate, kind of uh, taking that outsider yep. mantle. Are you someone who has sought or will seek uh, Steve Bannon's support in this race? I think that uh, with my pathway, uh, I'm going to be comfortable with the Bannon side, the Trump side, and the other side in the sense that I'm not going to be beholden to anyone when I get there. Can you build a coalition on all the I think I can. I think I can because uh, you know, I signed the term limits pledge. I've been a believer in that from the get-go at the federal level. I think if we had that, if it happened the way the founders intended, where you go to D.C., you serve, get back into the private sector. Uh, I know that uh, Bannon Trump represents that outsider. That's basically what I am. I'm a guy that's an outsider to the system. On the other hand, I've built a business. And building a business has been a process for over 35 years of building a coalition, a strategy, to get countervailing sides to come together. And I feel very comfortable doing that, and I think I'll be an attractive candidate to both sides. The president obviously ran as an outsider as well to the system in Washington. How do you assess his first uh, nearly year in office? What would you like to see him do differently, if anything? To me, he broke the glass ceiling of establishment politics. And uh, probably for guys like me and others, now we'll have that inspiration to see that it can be done. You know, he was a brash speaker and someone that's maybe a little different than... Uh, Hoosiers with a little more humility here, but 
he did it. And for that reason, I think he'll inspire others to do the same. Tax reform, obviously yeah. health care, a couple of big issues that have been in the news, uh, obviously uh, that would affect business as well. Uh, there's a new effort in the Senate to include within the tax bill a repeal of the individual mandate from Obamacare. Do you support these? Do you think these two items should be a part of the same legislation? I think wherever you can get the repeal of the individual mandate, you get it in. I would not want it to thwart the tax bill. And that's what we're hoping happens to get that through and simplify a tax code that hopefully could be done on one sheet or a postcard. It's way too complicated currently. Former State Rep Mike Braun, candidate for U.S. Senate. Thanks so much for being here. You bet. All right. And on that issue of tax reform. Awesome. Good. I also spoke with Senator Joe Donnelly, whose vote could be crucial. I asked him about the Obamacare individual mandate being wrapped into the Senate's tax reform proposal. Well, I think this causes um, tremendous damage to the tax reform effort. The way to do tax reform is not by uh, taking away health care. So I take it, is that something you would vote against if that were indeed a part of the plan when it comes to the floor? Well, we're not at the end of the plan yet, but I think it tremendously damages um, the tax bill that, that's been being put together. Donnelly also told me he wants Roy Moore to step down. And on the Al Franken situation, Donnelly said, quote, I agree with Senator McConnell that the Ethics Committee should review this matter. What Senator Franken did is wrong, regardless of party. Sexual harassment and sexual abuse are unacceptable. More with our panel up next, including the local councilman now facing molestation charges and the debate over Sunday alcohol sales in Indiana with state lawmakers returning to the statehouse next week. We'll be back. Panel now, Tony Samuel was vice chair of the Indiana Trump campaign last year. A couple of former state lawmakers here, Democrat Christina Hale, Republican Mike Murphy, and you, Indy professor, Dr. Laura Wilson. Laura, you've spent a lot of time in Alabama. What do you make of what's happening there and also how our Indiana candidates are responding to all this? Sure. Well, it's obviously gotten a lot of national attention. That's not new for Roy Moore. He's been taken yeah. out of the Supreme Court twice but at the state level. this is a whole other level. level. It is. And, and the thing is, it's still a really Republican state. So as we keep talking about these sexual harassment allegations, um, you know, his competitor, Doug Jones, says, well, he's not going to stoop to that low level of, of focusing his campaign on that. But as a Democrat in that state, I think if he doesn't, it's still quite possible Moore could actually win. Jones has been ahead in some polls. Uh, you even had Donnelly sending out mixed. emails on Jones' behalf this week. You heard their interviews a couple minutes ago. What about our Senate candidates here, Mike, and their reaction to all this? Well, I'm actually proud of our Republican delegation in its entirety because I think everybody's reacted appropriately. Um, they generally waited to hear the facts before they, they uh, opined on it. And I think as the facts stack up, I think they're saying the right things. It's time for him to step down. What do you make of uh, everything we have seen this week on this topic uh, at so many different levels? Sad to say, Dan, I think as this unfolds, we'll see how clearly that this is not a partisan issue. This is about workplace bad behavior and bad behavior all around, worse than bad behavior, sometimes crime. And it's Republicans, it's Democrats. It's something that has to be fixed that women have been dealing with for far too long. We'll see this on both sides of the aisle. Well, and there are many layers and many levels of this. Uh, we also had an Indianapolis City County Councilman this past week charged with child molestation. Uh, but as you said, this is something that goes far beyond politics in a way. Roy Moore, Roy Moore Jeff Miller, Al Franken, they're all different situations. 
uh, in their own rights. But this is part of an, an important conversation this day and age, as, as you were saying. It's very important. We can't forget either, you know, former governor, now Vice, Pre Vice President Pence, he said he wouldn't be alone with the woman he's working with. And I'm afraid, too, this is going to have implications far beyond just what we're seeing up front politically. You know, men and women together in the workplace, there's a lot happening. There's a ripple effect that's negative, and it's serious. Everyone needs to take notice. Uh, Tony, there's President Trump on this topic as well, tweeting about Al Franken this past week, but he, he has not had much to say about Roy Moore. Of course, he's also someone who's faced some criticism for weighing in on Franken when he himself was accused by several women during the campaign. What do you make of the president's reaction to it? This yeah, week? I think Al Frankenstein is what uh, you referred to. In that tweet there, yes, uh, Al as, Frankenstein. Uh, in the tweet. Uh, and, and going back a little few, a few days, he had a hugely successful 12-day Asian trip and spent a lot of time on that, accomplished a lot of great things, and then, then comes back to this. So he's, I think he's uh, giving it the appropriate amount of uh, time studying what's going on, uh, looking to see if there's anything that comes that Roy Moore can defend himself on, and at the appropriate time, I think he'll come out and have something to say. Moment of reckoning on this, uh, not just in some of the circumstances we mentioned, but history. Bill Clinton's legacy. Uh, that there's been a lot of talk about this that this week as well. And I'm so glad because you know what? He did have very inappropriate behavior with a 19-year-old intern. What is this telegraphing to our girls and young women out in the world that people in power, men in power, Republicans and Democrats have abused them for some time. We need a woman in office. We need a woman governor, a woman president, women senators. We need to inspire young girls, not terrify them. Does this go beyond politics, do you think, in a way where both parties need to take a Well, I think, I think it impacts politics, certainly, hopefully in a good way, in the sense that you know <clears throat> women will finally be protected from the age of whatever all the way up. But I think it's going to impact uh, the workplace, how you deal with a woman in the workplace or how women deal with men or vice versa. I think it's serious. It's, it's important. Um, but to, to Tony's point, you know, it's, it's amazing how times have changed. Um, you know, Bill Clinton pretty much, you know, was rehabilitated by the Democratic Party quickly. Now he's still in demand. Um, much earlier, we had Teddy Kennedy drove his girlfriend off a bridge and die. She, she died and he ran away. And yet he never resigned from the U.S. Senate. It was like he went on like things were normal. So I think it's, it's time that this all happened. It came into a, into a focal point, and uh, hopefully we'll learn and move on. Anytime Tony mentioned the Asia trip, there's also the tax reform debate. There are a lot of things happening in Washington that go beyond uh, this story, but it's certainly it's sucking up all the oxygen in the room right There now. is, and it's difficult because I'm really glad we live in a day and age where harassment and claims of all these different kinds of allegations are taken really seriously, but there's a lot of other politics going on. I, I, it's a very busy week. I know we always say that, but yeah, it really this is. This week really has been, and that tax reform debate continues. It does. It does, and uh, things I think are moving in the right direction. The Republican Party's, for the most part, unified, and I think we're going to get there. Plan passed the House this past week, uh, and on the topic of tax reform, we always enjoy showing you what voters are saying and doing. Sometimes it's in protest, this time in support of tax reform. Remember the guy who mowed Trump's name into his lawn in Cicero? Well, now, as you see, he has done the same with the words tax reform. His name is Gerald Hawkins. He was actually invited to the president's tax reform speech in Indy here a few weeks back. We're also looking at some of the differences between the plan that passed the House and the plan making its way through the Senate right now. The new Senate plan would re repeal the individual mandate that Americans uh, must have as part of the Affordable Care Act. That is not, as you see, in the House plan. You've heard a lot of talk as well about the new uh, individual rates, uh, the brackets, the House with four tax brackets, the Senate with seven. Some of these tax cuts
cuts would expire in 2025. New standard deductions on the House and Senate side. Uh, the standard deduction nearly doubles, uh, as you see there in both of the plans. The Senate plan would also, uh, in 2025, roll back the increase for the child tax credit. It doubles to $2,000 per child. And, and increases eligibility to $500,000. The House plan increases the credit to $1,600. What stays intact uh, forever in both plans, a cut to the corporate tax rate to 20%. Some of the details right there as you look at uh, this tax plan. And, and Mike, obviously, uh, health care being wrapped into this is causing a lot of conversation in the Senate. What's your prediction on where all this ends up? Well, you know, if I had a prediction, a good prediction, I'd be a multimillionaire, right? <laughs> but I don't. So um, I think putting the health plan in the Senate bill is dangerous. They must think they have to do it to keep the Republican uh, votes on board. Um, I think, you know, it's way too early for too many people to get too excited or too wor worried. Both plans are very different. There's going to be a conference committee. I've got some concerns just watching it, but I'm willing to wait and see what happens in the conference committee. When I asked Joe Donnelly, he said this sort of uh, throws a wrench in it, but he wouldn't actually say the words, I am not going to vote for it this way. I don't know if that's just politicians like to speak carefully or, or, or what, but uh, certainly this, this complicates things for Joe Donnelly, for a lot of others in Congress. I think you're exactly right. It does complicate things. Senator Donnelly, however, is a man who does his homework. He takes his time before he commits to anything. I do think he shares the concern. What are we doing? Adding $1.5 trillion to our national debt. We need to answer these questions before we can take a good vote and drive good policy. So this tax reform debate, important for the president to get a win, obviously, but also the vice president, right? I mean, he's been out there uh, making speeches, working the halls of Congress. Can he get a win here on Capitol Hill? I think they'll both get a win. I think, more importantly, the American people deserve a win. So Joan Donnelly and others like him need to step up. I spoke to Gerald Hawkins uh, a little bit ago, and he told me that he wanted to mow that big enough for Joe Donnelly to see. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps, uh, perhaps it is big enough, for sure. All right, we're also talking about a big issue this week at the State House, talking about lawmakers perhaps being closer than ever to legalizing Sunday alcohol sales. At least that's the recommendation coming from a committee of lawmakers. And Matt Smith has the latest this morning. The ultimate decision will be made here, inside the walls of the Indiana State House. And for supporters of Sunday sales, there's hope. Oh my goodness. Good, good, good. The state committee continued its long and extensive review of the state's alcohol laws, days after what many call a breakthrough an agreement between the powerful liquor and grocery store lobbies to both back Sunday sales. State Senator Ron Alting is writing the legislation. Anytime you can get the two biggest players in Sunday sales to come together, that's a good, good thing. What has killed Sunday sales for over 30 years has been those two entities. The recommendation would allow Sunday sales between noon and 8 p.m. I'm hopeful. Yeah. I mean, to say that I'm confident would imply that we have some sort of exercise of, of power over these guys. I call it the, the corrupt bargain. Left out of the alliance and still being debated is whether to expand the sale of cold beer to grocery and convenience stores. We just have to keep reminding everybody there are consumers and those consumers are voters. I think that they're still trying to analyze what, they, what they're hearing today. State Senator Phil Boots still warns about any preconceived outcomes. Alongside concerns, the committee making recommendations still has too many ties to the alcohol industry. The individual that, that's actually going to the package store or the convenience store or the bar is not well represented in this commission. The panel is expected to continue debating cold beer sales next month. At the State House, I'm Matt Smith.
Okay, and of course, Organization Day is Tuesday. Tony, you've been working on this issue. Christina and Mike, you both served in the legislature. What do you guys think? Is something finally going to happen on this issue this year? I think You're it will. Yes. Yes. No, I think yeah, I it think will so. because. Not to Tony's liking, um, perhaps. But as I said last week, convenience stores. As I said last week, they still have not reckoned with the Indiana Chamber, and they've not reckoned with State Senator Bev Gard, former State Senator Bev Gard. I, something will happen though. I, I think you're going to see uh, something come out this week, major support for cold beer at convenience stores. Still a chance for the still, cold oh, beer yes, this year. Definitely, too? this yeah. commission meets two more times. They did recommend the Sunday sales because of this backroom deal, but you know that's uh, we're not deciding by backroom deals. This commission has to uh, recommend uh, a full recommendation. We're the last. We're the last place. state without Sunday sales. People are fatigued of this. They just want the legislature to settle it. So I think something absolutely will happen. Some issues in politics people don't pay attention to. This one's got a lot of attention. It is. Consumers yeah. become voters, and right. this is something that people care about. All right, guys. Thanks. Much more to come right after this. Indy Mayor Joe Hogsett was joined by all the living former mayors of Indianapolis last week to honor former mayor and former Senator Richard Luger. Mayor Hogsett announcing the new city-county building Plaza will be named the Richard G. Luger Plaza. Afterwards, Luger spoke about the legacy of our city's former mayors. Each one of us built upon what one had done before or remembered that very favorably. This was not a, a city in which despite partisan politics, people said, thank goodness I was elected so I could correct all of that. I could rectify all the misdeeds of my predecessor. In fact, it was a very clear flow, strong progress all the way through. And this is what I cherish today. This past week marked 50 years since Luger was elected mayor here in Indy. Of course, almost five years now since he left the U.S. Senate after being defeated in the Republican primary. We're back with this week's Winners and Losers right after this. All right, time for this week's winners and losers. Who had the best and worst week in politics? Tony? I'll say two winners, President Trump for a great, historic, uh, very successful Asian trip, and also Gerald Hawkins, who I got to be friends with during the campaign. We had a rally on his hill a week before the election. And we just showed his lawn on TV. Lawn. Yeah. yeah. Christine? Winners and losers, American women and girls. It's complicated. There's so much going on and good and bad things happening. My winner has to be former Governor Bob Orr. Uh, Friday was his 100th birthday. If he were alive today, he'd be proud of the state of the state and what Eric Holcomb is doing. Losers, it's just the general sense that this was the worst, slimiest, saddest week in politics. Yeah. My loser would be more Franken. Anyone who doesn't understand consent and the difference between yes and no. All right, thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next Sunday in Focus.